Today, we are in Colossians 1. Because we are talking about Jesus. Last week we did the introduction to Colossians. And we got the letter going. And this week we get to start with just like the explosion of explosions, the big bang, the big kapow um, of the whole book of Colossians. And it starts out, he is the image of the invisible God. That's what Paul writes. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You know, um, anytime you see a picture of Jesus, you, I, want, I want you to put a little, a little guardrail on, a little warning, okay? If you saw a picture of me, take any picture of me, like even the one that my mom paid extra to put in the back of the high school yearbook, that was really embarrassing, right? You see that picture, you don't immediately think, oh, Dan is always like that. That, that is his image frozen in time forever. And all of his life, he had that expression. And he has that expression right now. You don't think that, right? But sometimes we see pictures of Jesus hanging up. And he has a look on his face. And we tend to think this is the de facto, like our rational mind thinks, I know that's not what Jesus looked like. That guy doesn't even look Jewish, right? The other thing you think is he was always, he always had that face on. That was his expression all the time. Jesus was a man. He was a human man. He made all the expressions that a human man can make. He, he made, he made, uh, painful expressions he made he you know we know he cried we know he laughed he he was the whole spectrum of him and so don't get locked into a picture of Jesus because that's not really a picture of Jesus right but Jesus himself that man is a picture of God He is the image of the invisible God. And so you can go through, you can go through a whole gospel and you can look at everything that Jesus did and everything he said and all the ways he acted. And you can know this is what God does. This is what God is like. This is the kind of thing that God, how does God meet a a blind man on the side of the road shouting out, Son of David, have mercy on me. What, how does God respond? Well, let's look at how Jesus responded because Jesus is the image of the invisible God and that's how God responds. Wow. So everything we read about Jesus, everything we see about Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of creation, Paul says. All right. So we can go Genesis 1-1, or we can go John 1-1. Let's go John 1-1, because it's a little weirder. John 1-1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So John is saying, in the beginning was the Word, 
the word word there is logos, which is the highest ideal that anybody could attain to. The meaning of life, the, the supreme goal of all philosophers. I mean, that's that that one word means all of those things. It means a whole bunch of stuff. So in the beginning was the whole point of life. And the whole point of life was with God. And the whole point of life was God. He was in the beginning with God. So John's got this weird business going on of he's the same as God, but he's separate from God. Because he's with, you can't be with something that you are, right? Kind of weird. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Everything that's been created, Jesus made. There's nothing in the universe that exists that wasn't made by God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now suddenly, all these things start to mean bigger things than we think they do, right? The light shines in the darkness... You know, that's got to be like a good and evil thing. But that light is the life of men. And the life of men only makes sense if Jesus, that create the creation power of God. You know, we talk about the Trinity. We say God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes people will say the creator and the Son and the Spirit. But the Son is the creator. Wait. The son is the creator. Then there's so all of a sudden you start to really in your own language, start to talk about how the father and the son, the Holy Spirit are all one being. Right. Like they're they're three in one because they start to overlap even in our language of trying to understand them. So Jesus was the firstborn of all creation because he made it all. He created everything. But he's a man. He's flesh. He's flesh and blood. In Revelation, they call him the lamb that was slain before the the foundations of the earth. So he was this physical thing. He's Jesus. By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Think that this whole like this whole section we're going to talk about today is the whole time I was reading it. It was just this big, you know, what if this is true? What are the implications of this? If this is true, if everything was created by him, every government, every government ruler. Jesus knows about Jesus put together every person, no matter how good, no matter how evil. Jesus made them in his image. That, and then he put in them the freedom to follow him or not. Like how much love is in that? Even if they're just a wicked, evil, awful person. I think I talked last week about this guy that was 64, 65 when he got saved. Um, God didn't create him so that he would have 65 years of rebellion and then hurry up and get saved his last seven years of his life. But God created him and then gave him the freedom 
to really love God whenever that guy was ready to. God loves us so much, He gives us that freedom. It's scared. Just, I'm a sinful man. Just a little flicker of this. I love my sons a whole bunch. They, we, we have just begun this whole uh, go ride your bike all over the city and we don't know where you are and come back in two and a half hours thing. I love him so much that I'm going to let him go do that and give him that freedom. Because I don't want him to be 45 and not know that Bakey is next to Barker. Yeah. God gives us freedom to do things so that when we when we acknowledge him and we live for him, it's real and it's genuine. All things were created through him and for him. It says in Romans that even even people that rebel against God, that shows God's mercy to the people that that are saved. Um, you know, you, you see people and they're we've been talking about this a lot lately in our house. Uh, people do something wrong. They do something bad. And then to fix it, they do another terrible, bad thing. And you see that happen. And you you can say, well, I would never do that. That person's an idiot. Or I don't think the, I don't think the Holy Spirit talks like that. Though. I think the Holy Spirit says, man, praise God that when I did that stupid thing, I got detoured and derailed and I got guided on this path instead. Wow. Even bad stuff. Jesus didn't create it bad, but he works it for his good one way or another. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is maintaining the whole world right now. Jesus Christ is is keeping things going. Now, if I have a mentality, if I have a mindset that right now God is keeping things going, that Jesus is holding the world together, and I watch the news, and I see this bad thing, that bad thing, this bad thing, that bad thing, all that news is telling me is that Jesus isn't powerful enough. That Jesus has lost control of of the carriage, and we're heading towards this cliff. But what if I watch all that and I'm like, man, Jesus, what are you going to do? What, how are you, oh, Jesus, I can't wait to see what you do with it. I mean, think, um, you know, when communists, communists took over China, right? They drive all these people. There were people uh, fleeing for their lives. There were, there were doctors that would leave people on the operating table fleeing for their lives and just crazy stuff like that. And you think, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Jesus no longer has control over China. Then you fast forward several decades and the underground church in China is making instructional videos to send into the Muslim world to train Christians how to have underground churches. Eat that, communism, right? Wow. The Berlin Wall goes up. Everybody freaks out. You see the news. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. And then it's like, okay, you know what? Do you know what all these mission agencies are going to do to reach people for the gospel behind the Iron Curtain? Wow. Like, and how many people get reached? So Jesus is in control, you guys. 
He is so in control of these situations and these times and these events. And um, you got to have that, that perspective when you hear all this, this and that and that and this. He is holding everything together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be prominent. He is the head. So, oh man, I should have brought juggling. So when, when I want to move things, right? I don't say, my right hand doesn't say, hey, left hand, do this. And there's not this, you know, they have to negotiate with each other to work together. If you have that, that's when you like fall down and stuff, right? Because stuff isn't talking to each other. No, it's all joined to my head. And so when I throw something up in the air with this hand, this hand already knows what's going to happen and it can catch it. That's how the body of Christ moves. There will be times where, and this may have happened to you, where in the middle of nowhere on a, on a Thursday morning at 12, you know, Thursday morning at 1130, you think, I need to pray for Dan Sullivan. And you pray for me. And right at that moment, I'm walking down the street looking at my phone and not paying attention to that cement truck, right? I don't know. I'm using extreme scenarios. I never walk down the street looking at my phone. And there aren't any cement trucks in downtown Evansville. Yeah, don't believe that. Since we're all joined to Christ, Christ knows what's going on. Remember, he's holding the whole world together. And so he can be like, Hey, Jim, I'm about ready to do this thing in Isaac Sullivan's life. Do you want to be a participant in it with me? I'm going to prompt you to pray for Isaac Sullivan. And so Jim prays for Isaac Sullivan. Isaac has this thing. And then he comes the next Sunday. He's like, oh, man, you guys, Thursday at 1130, this happened. This That happens all the time. C.S. Lewis says that the first 10,000 years that we're in heaven, the most used word is going to be all. Because we're going to be running into people and we'll go, oh, oh, oh. And that's what we'll be doing for 10,000 years of awe. We'll all be realizing all the times that joined to one head, Jesus led us to, oh, you do this. Oh, now you do this here. You know, it's like setting up dominoes. Okay. Okay. If it's all works. Oh, he did what I wanted him to. Yes. And all the dominoes fall down and it all. I think Jesus is continually doing that stuff. Continually doing that stuff. Um, I could wear you guys out with stories, but just times where you, you look back and you're like, wait a minute, this happened on that same moment that this happened. Or this was all preparing us for this thing, this moment. We're joined to one head. All right, I'll tell you one story. I probably told this story before. One time the Lloyd Expressway used to flood. I know, it's hard to believe. It was like a joke for like eight years. Just flooded, flooded, flooded. So I'm driving home from work and I, uh, I worked downtown. I lived way out on the east side. And so come up over this rise, I guess it was at Weinbach probably. And there's just flood. There it is. All the cars backed up. Nobody can drive through it. It's just water by where Roberts Stadium, Roberts Park is and all that. And van, all that underwater. Oh, so everybody just stops. There's nothing you can do. And so 
I get out of my car and I'm kind of walking around and looking at it all. And, and I had like muddy, nasty clothes in the back of my car. So climb in the back of my car, change my clothes, do a little Superman thing. And I come out, I'm walking around looking at it all. And I walked, the water was up to that cement uh, barrier down the middle. So you could walk on that. And every once in a while, a wave would lap up. Yeah, I didn't fall off. I know where you're going, John. Um, so you walk on that, and then I'm walking back, and I'm looking at all these cars, and there's all these gaps between all the cars. And I'm like, hey, we, we got this. We can do this. So I just acted like Mr. Civil Defense, and I said, okay, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you all home. We got enough gaps between all these cars that we can scoot everybody to this corner and open up a lane and everybody can drive back to the exit and get off and go home. And this guy's like, well, then where will we go? And I'm like, I don't know, but you'll get out of here. So they all listen to me and they all scoot their cars up and everybody pulls over and we open up this lane and the cars start turning around and you know, they're kind of inching, inching. And then all of a sudden it opens up enough and then it's like a carnival. It's just like a party and people are like beep, 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 honking their horns and just turning around and cars one after another are leaving and they're all going up over the hill and disappearing and no more cars are coming. And they all go and they all go and they all go. All the cars are cleared out except for mine. It's parked over in the corner and this National Guard Humvee comes over the hill. And they're like, so you're in on this. I'm like, yeah, we just did it like one of those little 15 number puzzles and we got everybody back. And they're like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to a Bible study over at Bethel Temple. I said, you want to ride? He's like, yeah. Get in the back. So get in the back of this Humvee and they don't care. They blaze right into the water and they're driving through four feet of water. You know, of course, I'm soaking wet and they take me to the Bible study. Get out of the back of the Humvee. Go in. And then 15, 20 minutes later, my buddy Bryce shows up and he's all fired up. I'm like, Bryce, what's going on? He said, oh man, I'm driving down the Lloyd. All these cars are backed up all over the overpass at Weinbach. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get to our Bible study. All these cars are all backed up. What am I going to do? And I'm sitting there and this car comes up backwards over the hill. And I look and I see a gap where we can open up all of our cars and make an open lane. So I just pulled over and I told everybody to get their cars out of the way and we made an open lane and every car that came backwards over Weinbach, I just signaled right off of that on-ramp until all of them left. And then a police car came and blocked it off so nobody went over it. And then this Humvee came and blocked it off so nobody would go over it. And all the cars just went off the on-ramp and all the traffic and he was like and I saved the day and I'm like no I saved the day he's like no I saved the day we both use this in sermons all the time now because we were both connected and I mean it's not spiritual you know whatever but maybe it was but we were working together and we didn't even know it that I was on this part of the same team and he was on this part of the same team and together We helped, I don't know, 100 people get home sooner than they would have. I think that's, when I read that we're all joined to the same head who is in Christ, I think there's a lot of stuff that we do in the kingdom of heaven that's just like this. 
where, I don't know, I just said this to this guy or I had this conversation with this person. Then they go somewhere else and they talk to another person that doesn't know you, but they're talking to somebody that's connected to the same head. And so the body of Christ moves without any of us knowing that we're really helping in this really big picture. It's a really awesome thing. So he's the head. He's the firstborn from the dead. In everything, he's preeminent. Jesus is the tops. Anytime, I mean, even with traffic nonsense, Jesus is the tops of that. If I tried to pin a badge on Bryce, he would say, oh, come on. I was just doing what Jesus would want me to do with the traffic. And I might say the same thing if I've got my holy hat on. Um, Jesus is preeminent. Jesus is tops of all the great things, all the good things we could ever do. Let's give him the credit. Romans 5, no, Romans 14 talks about Jesus is the head over all of us. The, the, the place where this sometimes gets sticky is where I see something you're doing or you see something that I'm doing and I'm like, I don't know if Dan is connected to Christ because of that weird thing he did. I mean, he went to see the Avengers on the second day, not opening night. I don't know if he is quite right. Listen to this. This is in Romans 14. As for the one who's weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he can eat anything. Weak person only eats vegetables. This is talking about food loss. Don't let the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Don't let the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. This is, don't, don't argue over all the things that you think you have rules about. You know, should we have piano music in church? Should we have drums in church? Don't argue about that. Should we have uh, plain colored stained glass windows? Should we have people's faces in our stained glass windows? Don't argue. And I, I say all these things because they're silly, but really all of our arguments are silly, right? Don't pass judgment on these things. God has welcomed him. This is Romans 14.4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It's before his own master that he stands or falls. I, I'm not going to pass judgment on Joe Schmo because the way he follows Jesus and he does this thing that I don't think is right. Because guess what? If he's connected to the head like I'm connected to the head, I'm not his head. Jesus is. And he's going to have to tell Jesus about that. He's going to have to answer to Jesus. But the second part of Romans 14, 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld. He will be able to stand. For the Lord is able to make him stand. Jesus died for that guy's sins just like he died for mine. So when we say Jesus is the head of all things, he's preeminent over all creation. He's taking care of that guy's salvation for him. I don't have to take care of that lady's salvation. I don't have to take care of that dude's salvation. Jesus is taking care of it. In him was the fullness of God. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Do you ever think that maybe God loves you and God cares about you, but God isn't always really happy to dwell in you? You know, I, 
I'm acting this way. I'm doing this thing. I don't know if God is happy to dwell in me right now. God was pleased to dwell fully in Christ. And God is fully, God is pleased by the power of the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. He is pleased to dwell in you. Uh, We went to an otters game Friday night. They give us these hats, these white otters hats. It has a big E on it. Caleb has been wearing that thing nonstop. He had it this morning. Pajamas, otters hat. Caleb is pleased to have that hat. He is pleased to have it and he's pleased to wear it. I don't like it. It's too tall. It's kind of funky design, right? I'm picky. I'll wear it if my wife says we should wear it so we all have the same hat. So we have a good picture of ourselves. Caleb is pleased. I want you to picture God. Jesus died on the cross and God wants to dwell in you and he's pleased about it. He is as happy as Caleb in his pajamas with the otter's hat on. That's how much God wants to dwell in you. God dwelled fully. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus and through him reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. You say, how in the world can Jesus dwell in me? Because I am a scrub and I don't do things right. All of that unloveliness, Jesus took away by his death on the cross. He made you completely clean. And now he wants to be with you. So then this last little bit. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil things, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. So you were evil. You did evil things. Those are separate. Now God has reconciled you. Now, anytime you do an evil thing, it's not because you're evil. It's because you got bad habits. But you're still holy. You're still pure. He has fully reconciled you. He's fully reconciled you in his body by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Have you ever presented somebody? We do this all the time, right? We do this at the grocery store. Oh, there's so-and-so. Come here. I want you to meet him. Hey, dude, this is my wife, Cindy. I just presented my wife to this dude, right? There's other times where you're somewhere and you're like, oh, yeah, that's some guy I know. We, I don't need to introduce you. Because <laughs> you don't want to present them to that person, right? God wants to present you to himself. You don't, you're not even, you don't even have to do any part of that. You don't have to earn your way in. You don't have to earn his attention. He, he is pleased. He has reconciled it. And he wants to present you to himself. If you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, the if right there is more of a when and because it's not a scary if. Continue in the faith, stable, steadfast. Don't shift from the hope of the gospel, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, in which I, Paul, became a minister. The gospel is going out all over the place. And we get to show it off. We get to live it out. We get to 
be close to Jesus and follow him and not worry about not worry about how good this guy is following Jesus. Worry about him, care about him, love on him, but not be his head. Not be his thinker for him, but be an example to him. Um, I was in marching band in high school, and there was a part where we had to conduct the band. And half the band was in 3-4 time. So we'd one, two, three, one, two, three. But the other half of the band was in 4 time. And they'd match up every 12 beats. And it was this real confusing thing. It was, it was like the woodwinds were in 3 and the brass was in 4. And me and the other drum major, we were trying to figure it out. We just couldn't figure out how to do that. Then we went and we stood next to each other. We put our arms over each other's shoulders. And we counted. And he was my left hand. So his left hand was going like this. And I was his right hand. So my right hand was going like this. So we could trick ourselves in our head that we saw these two arms moving. Right? And they were going like this. And they were doing... And then we could do it. He couldn't tell me how to do it. I couldn't tell him how to do it. We had to be shown. We had to see it in action. You can't tell anybody Jesus is the image of the invisible God. I don't even know what that means. But when I see you living for Jesus, and I got this inkling of who God should be, I start to see what that means. It's shown to me. You can say that Jesus holds all things together while I'm sitting there watching Fox News and it's death and destruction. But when I see your hope and your joy when you turn the TV off instead of your despair, when I see your hope and your joy, then I see Jesus holds everything together. So that, that's what we're going to dive into that a whole bunch next week. But... Um, that's, that's what Jesus wants to do. He is so great. He's so mighty. He's so alive. That he is so, so much our head of this church that we are. And I don't mean just in here. I mean the whole enchilada. He wants to live and show it off. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for having mercy on us and inviting us into your family. Inviting us into your body that we would be a part of you and that you would be a part of us. Thank you, Lord, that you'd be delighted to live in us and to be in us and that you would be so holy and so awesome that even the universe cannot successfully rebel against you. We praise your holy, holy, wondrous name, Lord. Amen. All right. Let's stand and sing number 199 together.
church, as you go, just think on that all week. That God, that Jesus, God fully was pleased to dwell in him, that he holds all things together, and he's working in your life. God bless you. All right. Thank you. It was good. When I saw the songs, I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, and it was, I was looking over and I was like, do I go all the way to 20 today? And I'd have to rush it and I have to cram some things. I don't want to do that. Um, Very good. Thanks very much. Good. Is there a book that you know of? That kind of just puts all the births and deaths in chronological orders that you did. Of who lived? Yeah, who lived when, how long they lived, and all that. Do you know of a book like that? And it would, I know people say, well, that would just be, no, because if you're reading other things, sometimes it's good to start tying back. Yeah, yeah. So, so I am I asking a bad question, or is that a good no, question? No, no, I'm just, I'm laughing because I have a thing that is it's called the Amazing Bible Timeline. Okay. And it's about this big. Okay. Uh, it's like, it might be three foot by three foot, but it might be four foot by four foot, three foot by four foot. Okay. And it's this big circle timeline that shows when people were born and died okay. in the Bible. Yes. In a big circle. Um, so I'll just bring it to you and let you borrow it. And then you know where I can buy one? So that way. Buy it online on the AmazingBibleTimeline.com. Okay. Let's... <laughs> amazing. But I'll bring you. I'll oh, bring no, you. I want to have Because I have two. I bought two. Oh, you got two. Okay. But you and only I'll have one for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please do. It's really fun. Because like I said, I'm just... You...